Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Amen. Well, you know, uh, my beautiful, I'm going to be getting her up in just a moment, uh, but I just thought I would kind of introduce why, why, we, do the, why we do the prophetic and, you know, the, the title of this is the, the Power and Purpose of the Prophetic. The Power and Purpose of the Prophetic. In Matthew 6, verse 10, Jesus said, he was teaching the disciples to pray. He says, you know, when you pray, say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And then in verse 10, he says, Thy kingdom come, and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's just very, very important to understand that Jesus wasn't just filling in space or time. When the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. He says, first you've got to engage with the, the, the king of the cosmos and recognize him as father. He, he's, not, he's not a capricious, indifferent entity. He is... He is the God who created the cosmos, but he, he is Father. He didn't, you, you and I do not exist because God created a world that needed Oompa Loompas. I, I know, I know, you know, we all grew up watching Oompa Loompa. You know, the, ch- the chocolate factory and, and, you know, he rescued them because... You know, a, a Schwarzenegger was, you know, gobbling up two or three at one time. So he rescued them and he put them to work in his factory. God didn't, God didn't rescue you to work in his factory. Uh, God created you not because he needed a worker. God created you because he wanted a family. You are the family of God. And so God introduces himself, or Jesus introduces God as Abba, as Father. But then he says this, that... When we pray, we say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. And thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The, the inference there is that in heaven, God's will is done most of the time. On earth, rarely. The Bible says God is not willing that any should perish, yet every day people are perishing. And if you say, well, hang on, what are you talking about? God's will God's will's got a 100% track record in heaven. Well, I would encourage you to read your Bible because it doesn't. Because Lucifer rebelled in heaven. And if you read your Bibles, which we encourage, five times in Isaiah 14, he says, I will raise my throne above the stars of heaven. I will sit on the Mount of Olives. I will be like the Most High. I will exalt myself. The five I wills. That's why there's no place for him. Because heaven is about God's will. But Satan's like, not thy will, my will be done. He brought that down, put it into Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve, when they took from the tree, why did God put the tree? Because he had to teach them lordship. Why did he have to teach them lordship? Because that's how authority flows. He gave them authority. Authority comes from being under authority. 
Authority comes from being, he had to put a tree that didn't belong to them that belonged to him so they would remain under him. The, the tree wasn't there to bring death. The tree was there to bring them life. The tree was there to establish their authority. But they, they, when they ate from that tree, they lost authority. The devil took authority. But when they ate from that tree, they said, not thy will, my will be done. They came under that same spirit. Came under that same spirit. So, so when, when, when we pray, we're praying, thy, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The earth is meant to reflect heaven. The earth is meant to reflect heaven. Now let me, if you caught none of that, catch this. The, the purpose of the prophetic, the purpose of the prophetic is for a man or woman of God to hear something from the heavens, to, to see, to capture something from the heavenly realm and then speak it into the terrestrial, into the earthly realm. When a prophetic word is released, whenever a prophetic word is released, it carries the DNA of heaven. When the prophetic word is released into the earth, wherever that word goes, it reflects heaven. That's why when Pastor Samuel got up and says, man, you know, it's prophetic Sunday. Wherever God's prophetic is, you can feel freedom. There's, there's freedom in heaven. There's peace in heaven. There's fullness of joy in heaven. In fact, the Bible says there's more joy in heaven when one sinner. So heaven has a joyometer and it's set to 10. But when someone gets saved, it goes to 11. So the purpose of the prophetic, the purpose of the prophetic is that, that, that the church is the gate of heaven. We're, we're the gate of heaven. So what, what, we, what we don't do is just kind of, well, you know, people turn, turn your Bibles. It's, it's just a real good history book. And there's maybe one or two lessons we can learn from here from other people's mistakes. Come on, y'all. Sometimes you just got to learn from someone else's mistake. Well, there was this guy, Solomon. That boy was stupid. He had 300 wives, 600. That's, that's a recipe for disaster, right? And so, yeah, absolutely, we can learn from people's mistakes and we can learn from history. But I'm telling you, the, 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 Bible, the Bible wasn't written by, by men. It was written through men, but it wasn't written by men. It was written by a God who lives outside of time. That's why the Bible will speak about future events in a past tense. And so our assignment as, as the church, as the gate of heaven, is, is to live lives where, where we're in tune with the Spirit. See, let me just say this. Why does, why does man rule over the animal kingdom? I'm not faster than a lion. I'm not stronger than a, than a bull elephant. And yet man rules over the animal kingdom. It's two things. I used to think it was one thing. It's two things. The one thing I, you would have heard me preach is that man has a mouth that he can speak. So God created man in his image. God is a speaking God and he gave you and I the, the ability to speak. But the other distinction is that the animals don't have a spirit. But God breathed into Adam the breath of life and Adam became a living being able to commune with God. The angels are spirits, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews. So they operate in the celestial realm. They are spirits. 
The Bible teaches us that the animals are flesh. The animals are from the earth. So they operate in the earthly realm. But God put the man in between. So you and I, even though we are of the earth and we operate in the earthly realm, God put a spirit in us so that we can commune in the heavenly realm. And you and I are at our penultimate. You and I are at our, at our, are at our highest level. When we're praying in the Spirit and you hear things, Elijah, Elijah said, what is that that I hear? There's been a drought in the land. The economy is devastated. But right now I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. He heard a word from heaven. The reality was there was a drought. There hadn't been any dew nor rain for years. But he heard something from heaven and when he released that word into the earth all of a sudden that word he don't need no help here's here's the important thing here's the important thing it's very very easy for for me to get excited and say thus saith the Lord and anybody can say thus saith the Lord when you read your Bible which again we encourage when you read your Bible there are people they they prophesied in the name of the Lord and the Lord in the book of Ezekiel and the book of Jeremiah is rebuking these guys saying they haven't seen a vision yet they claim it. They claim to speak on my behalf saying thus saith the Lord but I haven't spoken to them. So it's very easy but you just need to understand God ain't backing up what he doesn't declare. So you know so just because you say thus saith the Lord he's like really? Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> no I didn't. So, so we, we, we want to have integrity. We want to have integrity. And so the way that we do that is we make sure that we, we hear from heaven and then we release that word. We release that word. One last thing before I get my beautiful up um, is in, in, we don't have time to read it. Luke 1, 5 to 20, because we want to pray for people and release some words. And uh, so, But in Luke chapter 1, there's a story. Uh, if, in fact, if you can throw up verse 5, it says it came, came to pass in the days of Herod when Herod was the king that there was a certain priest named Zacharias, who I think he was of the, uh, the, the Levite family of uh, Abijah, Abia. And uh, anyway, he drew lots and it was his turn to enter into the Holy of Holies and burn incense before the Lord. That, that was his job. And the Bible says on this particular day, as he goes into the Holy of Holies. Remember this in context of on earth as it is in heaven. The Bible says that Gabriel is standing by the altar. And while he's you know, lighting up the menorah, Gabriel, Zecharias, your prayer has been heard. <laughs> what the? And, and, he's, and, and then he's like, you know, what prayer? And Gabriel says, your wife is going to be pregnant with a son. You'll call his name John. He'll be, but not only beloved of God, but he'll be powerful in the spirit. And he'll go before the Lord and he'll make the pathway straight so that the Mashiach, the Messiah can come. And, you know, he's not to drink wine. He's not to do this. And he'll be a Nazarite from, from the, and, and Zacharias is hearing all of this. And then finally Zacharias pipes back and says, hang on, hang on, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> How can this be? Look at me. You're a little late, I'm already old. Like, he's like, where, where were you 20 years ago? He goes, my wife is past the age of childbearing. 
And if you read the story, Gabriel is like gobsmacked. He's like, is this, does this happen to you often? I stand in the presence of God and was sent to tell you this. And you don't, you know what? You're going to be mute till the day the baby's born so you don't ruin it with your unbelief. But here's, here's, here's what God showed me. Here's what God showed me about that. Here's what God showed me. Gabriel was so perplexed that he muted Zecharias because Gabriel is actually Zechariah in the heavenly realm. Gabriel ministers, he stands in the presence of God in the heavens. Zecharias, 12 tribes of Israel, one tribe is the Levites. From the Levites, the Abiah family was, was the, the chief ministering tribe. He's of, he is meant to be the guy who keeps faith, who keeps God, who keeps the word, who keeps the presence alive in the earth. But he is so, he, he is so, there's so much more of the culture of the lack of the word of God, the lack of the prophetic. There's more unbelief and doubt that he can't, you, what family do you, you come from the family of Abraham. He was a hundred and his wife 90 when Yitzhak was born. And now you think it's a difficult thing for God to do that. And you're meant to be the, you're meant to be the gatekeeper. You're meant to be the priest, keeping the flame of faith, keeping the flame of all things are possible. So God had to silence him. And I honestly believe that when we went through 2020, that there was, that, that, that heaven kind of has put some voices on mute because they no longer reflect the atmosphere of heaven. See, Gabriel says, where I stand, all things are possible. Where I stand, nothing is impossible. The Bible says, with men, it's impossible, but not with God. With God, all things are possible. He says, I came from the presence of God to a man who's meant to be standing on earth in a temple that is constructed and construed in such a way that for you to get here, you've had to pass through sacrifices and you've had to pass through atonements. You've had to pass through cleansing so that you can stand in the very presence of God. You stand in the presence of unlimited potential but doubt that anything can happen I gotta silence you man I gotta figure this out our assignment here on the earth I, I refuse to be a Zechariah that, that's why that's why spending time in worship and spending time with the word seeing songs like this you're a wonder working God a wonder working God all the miracles were seen too good to not believe we, we need to stand in the presence of God we need to believe and then we need to release can I just tell you can I just tell you the Bible says you can all prophesy you can all prophesy the greatest thing you and I can do is live a life consecrated to God the greatest gift, still the greatest gift to me out of all the gifts, and I love healings and miracles and all that kind of stuff, is tongues. I, I, can, I can literally come from somebody, cut me off on the freeway, to and all of a sudden I'm in the presence of God. Ten seconds ago, I wanted to murder. But now I'm in the presence of God and I just love all humanity. It's an amazing thing. And, and the Holy Ghost, He unlocks the, the, the treasuries of heaven. The greatest thing that can happen uh, is you hear from heaven. Uh, why don't you come up, my beautiful, and let me just introduce my, my Leanne. She is a prophetic powerhouse. She has a word this morning. And Leanne will be the first to attest that 
that when she was pregnant with our Zoe, the doctors gave her a dire report. In fact, we had to go back for a second ultrasound and instead of maybe, maybe the second ultrasound, which was much more detailed, might give us some hope, there's no conversation. And then we're ushered into a room where there are three doctors in white lab coats saying to us, listen, unless you're prepared to have a severely disabled child, we would recommend that you abort. We're looking at the dates. You're right at that California threshold of 21, 22 weeks, but we can fudge the dates. So, but we can schedule you in today for an abortion. Leanne didn't ask for this baby, I did. After three sons, I twice avoided the chopping block. And... Uh, <laughs> Twice I wriggled out of it. And because God had told me he was going to give me a daughter. And then when she was pregnant, I knew it was a little girl. And, uh, and they confirmed it was a little girl, but. And so, you know, on the way home, Leanne's like, why would God do this? And I'm like, I'm not sure he did. And so I just went home, got my guitar, went into my closet, prayed in tongues until I got a word from heaven. Once I got a word from heaven, didn't matter what the doctor said, didn't matter because on earth, as it is in heaven. Once the word from heaven is released, once a word from everything will, everything will come into it. Let me tell you, let, last thing, and then, then this, this, this woman's gonna be turned loose. One of the biggest flipping lies is Kay Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. The future's not ours to, you freaking devil. Can I just tell you? What a lie, the future's not ours to see. What a load of garbage. God created you to not only own the future, but to see the future. Let me say this, let me just say this. That, that as a believer, you are not waiting for the future to happen. Prophecy isn't, well, you know, I think we can predict the future. If you look at certain trends and if you look at trend lines and the way things are going, if you look at the cyclic patterns of his, that, that's not what we're doing. That's not what the prophetic is. You are a futurist. You create the future. How do I create the future? By the words that you speak. Prophesying is shooting words from God into your tomorrow so that your tomorrow lines up with what heaven has planned for your life. You are, you are a futurist. The Holy Ghost will show you things that are yet to come and then He'll get you to speak into the future. The Bible says, He who walks with the wise will be wise, but a companion of fools will be destroyed. So what do you mean the future is not ours to see? I can see you're on a terrible path because you're hanging around with knuckleheads. If you hang around with fools, you'll be destroyed. But if you hang around with a wise man, if you start turning up to men's prayer on a Tuesday morning, you start getting into a great connect group, and you start, your, your life is gonna go up. Tell me the words that are coming out out of your mouth and I'll tell you what your future looks like. We are futurists. Don't believe the lies. Amen. Amen. Wow. Come on, beautiful. Wow. So good. Hello, everyone. All right. Okay. I won't take too long, but um, Pastor Jürgen asked me to just share a word that I really feel that God gave me for, for our church. And, and really, I believe it's a word for the churches right now. Revelations tells us, he or she who has ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Now, we all know the 2020 season. We know how the whole world was shaken. And Hebrews tells us that everything that can be shaken will be shaken 
until only that which is unshakable shall remain. Okay, so it's like God got the whole world and just shook it. And everything that was fraudulent, everything that was phony, everything that was wood, hay and stubble kind of got swept away. But now all the pieces need to be put back together. So I was reading in the book of Revelation, the seven letters to the seven churches, where Jesus sends a message to the angel of the church of Sardis and says, listen, I know that you ha- you're a church that has a name, that you call yourself alive, that you're a church that is li- alive, but you are dead. Wow. How interesting. Yeah. So he says, you're feigning, you're pretending to be something. Yeah. You've given yourself a name. You've called yourself the church of life, but I'm looking and I'm not seeing what you're declaring. So he goes on to call out the phony, but then to talk about the shaking at the end of it, because in the book of Revelations, what Jesus does when he sends the letters to each church, he says, I know what you're doing well. I know what you're not doing well. I'm going to give you an opportunity to put it right. And at the end, he says to them, strengthen the things that remain. This is what he says to the church in Sardis. After the great shaking, when it was revealed that they weren't all that they were saying they were, Jesus says to them, it's now time to strengthen what remains. And I believe that is the word of the Lord today. So God is wanting to put together back rightly the pieces that remain, the true pieces, the, the authentic pieces, the life-giving pieces, the honest pieces, the true pieces, and put them in proper order. In Proverbs 11.1, 1, the Bible says that dishonest scales are an abomination to the Lord, but one who deals rightly finds favour with him. So I want you to understand today that we're in a time where God is rebalancing the scales. He's putting things back in their correct order. When you think of that word abomination, dishonest scales are an abomination, it's a word that is reserved for the most horrific, terrible things. So God in the shaking is now strengthening what is remaining and putting things back in its right order. So I wanted to just in the next couple of minutes just bring a couple of things that I believe that God is now going to strengthen and put back into balance in on, the baby. church right so now. The first one is this, prosperity with purpose. You think about scales, if we got all prosperity and no purpose, we got selfishness, we got self-indulgence, we've got idolatry, we've got materialism. But if you add to your prosperity, and we're a church that believes that sons and daughters of God are divinely designed to prosper. But as we add to that prosperity purpose, something significant happens in the earth. That's when things start to shift. That's when things start to change. That's when the Church of Jesus Christ is able to take ground, your family is able to take ground, and you live a legacy that lives beyond just your time on planet Earth. Prosperity with purpose. When I think of the story of Oscar Schindler, I think of a man who who knew what it was to be prosperous. He he was uh, an opportunist. He took advantage of a broken time to, to make money for himself. But it wasn't until he engaged with a God purpose that we now know him for the man he is today, a legacy that has lived beyond his lifetime, literally a man who stood between 
life and death and save people from a fiery furnace. God is bringing balance back to prosperity. And we've seen the exorcists in, in many churches, and it was the name it and claim it, grab it and blab it. And look, God wants you to, to have good things, to be able to bless your family. But if it starts and ends with yeah, you, yeah. there is so much more to it than that. God is adding purpose more than just the flashy car and the awesome house, but a purpose to attach your prosperity to. The second one was this. Style and substance. We went through an era where it was all style. We got the flashy lights, and this was literally what the, Jesus was saying to the church in Sardis. He was saying, look, you, you look like you got it all going on from the outside, but on closer inspection, I'm not buying what you're selling. And so this, this has been many, we've come out of an era of churches that were like that. We relied on our marketing campaigns on our branding, on our fantastic buildings, on our pastors look and fly every Sunday. (laughs) But on further inspection, there was no substance. There was no fruit. Was it not like when Jesus came to the fig tree, seeing leaves? Oh my gosh, there's got to be fruit here because there's leaves. But on further inspection, because he was hungry and we're, we're, we're ministering to a hungry world and when they see the leaves... When they see you got it all going on, but on further inspection, there is no fruit. There is nothing that will sustain them, put nutrients in their soul, give strength to their spiritual bodies again, and leaves the world scratching its head. Does it mean that we we forgo style and all start dressing like we've come from Little House in the Prairie and, you know, throw away everything that enhances? No. God is saying we can have both. We can have both. We can be all things relevant and, and, and speak a language that gets people's attention where we're not so irrelevant, we're, you know, scratching around in a, in a tent with, you know, an overhead projector. No, that, that speaks another message altogether. But when you add to your style substance, It's not just the attractiveness of a building or a pastoral couple or flashy lights that attract people. It's a substance that sustains them. That substance is a church that knows how to make disciples, that truly cares about people, doesn't just have we love God and love people on our mission statement. We actually do it. And when people come to the house of God, they realize this is more than just leaves. There is fruit here that can sustain me and my family. The next one was this, contentment, whether abased or abounding. We have raised a generation that doesn't know how to endure hardship. And this is a grave error. Now, now are we going to be people who are blessed and have favor? Yes. But doesn't Jesus typically, when he's talking, combine favor and blessing? Yeah, then there's going to be a level of persecution with that. But we like to toss the persecution part out and sadly it has made a weak society that doesn't know how to handle a bad day or pain. And so they're checking out and they're running to to medications. They're they're trying to medicate themselves with everything because they've been taught, even subliminally, that if you ever have a bad feeling or a sad day, there's a big difference between depression, anxiety and just sadness. We're all going to be sad. 
If you ever have something like that, this is wrong, this is error. You need to make yourself feel better immediately. But I believe that God is wanting to balance the scales. What did Job say? Should we only expect good from God and not adversity? Even if he slays me, yet shall I serve him. We are entering a time where some strength is gonna be needed amongst God's people. And if we snowplow parents, and if we helicopter parent and remove every obstacle away from this generation or ourselves, we're doing them a disservice. The Bible tells us in Proverbs, if you faint in the day of adversity and telling, I'm telling you it's coming, then your strength is small. So we have to encourage and teach and get the balancing of that scale right to teach people you can endure. Endure hardship, the Bible says, like a good soldier of Christ. So amen, Leanne. And then I'll go super quick on these last two, mercy and truth. The Bible tells us in Proverbs, by mercy and truth, atonement is made for iniquity. What's our job as ministers, as leaders, to bring atonement to a world that needs atonement, that needs to be reconciled to God? We can't do it with just mercy and we can't do it, we won't do it with brutal truth. We need to make sure those, those scales are balanced. And we've got to be careful in this season where we're seeing so many excesses and you, you get mad. Like it's easy to get mad right now when you look out at the world and see the chaos that we don't become truth heavy and mercy light. That we always make sure we get the mixture just right. God draws people with his mercy, but he liberates and unlocks them with his truth. We need to make sure that we always have the, the scales in balance by mercy and truth. Atonement is made for iniquity. And then finally, faith and works. We've come out of a season that has been works heavy and we've lost a lot of faith because people have been disillusioned and disappointed. They've thought, well, I'll just, I'm just gonna make sure that I'm gonna help the poor and I'm gonna go down and do this and I'm gonna care for the person that's sick. We're always going to care for the people that's sick, that are sick. But more than that, we're gonna pray for the sick. We're gonna believe God for a miracle. We're gonna believe for healing. We're gonna be people that don't toss faith out because maybe in the past we've seen things that have bought disillusionment or disappointment. I remember being at a meeting just before 2020 happened uh, at a church where I was ministering. And before I got up to preach, they brought a woman who had been suddenly stricken with, with a bizarre illness who was now confined to a wheelchair. Chair. And I thought, they're going to pray for her. They're going to, in the name of Jesus, declare this spirit of infirmity come out of her. And, and they got her up and they said, we have come into your home, your apartment, and we have modified it for you. We've, we've, you know, and they showed the video of them putting rails everywhere and this and that. And, you know, nice, but not complete. I'm thinking, and now you're going to pray for her, right? And now you're going to, and now you're going to believe God for, for her healing. This woman is too young to be confined to a wheelchair. Let's, our job is to believe, not to question, but just believe. It's what Jesus said to Jairus when they said, the, the, the girl is dead. And, and he looked at Jairus and said, do not be afraid, just believe. What is our job when it comes to faith and believing God for things to shift supernaturally over people's life, uh, lives? Our job is to believe. And I truly believe this prophetically. 
We are coming into a season where miracles will not just be desired, they will be required. They will be required. Where science fails, where medicine fails and is corrupt, we're going to have to rise as the sons and daughters of God and do everything that God told us to do through his son, Jesus. I want you to go in and I want you to pray for the sick. I want you to raise the dead. I want you to heal the leper and I want you to cast out demons. This, the church's signature should be the power of God. Otherwise, we are just that fig leaf that has no fruit. I come to you for answers, but you have none. God is balancing the scales, my friends. God is balancing the scales. Prosperity with purpose. Faith with works. God is balancing the scales. Amen. <laughs> oh, do for now. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Come on, put your hands together. What a great word, the prophetess. Stay, stay up here, baby. We're going to we're going to we're going to uh, minister in a moment. Let me just let me just give you one last point. So, point number one was that Earth might reflect heaven. Point number two was that God is balancing the scales. Point number three is that warfare is required. Warfare is required. And another another um, misbelief around the prophetic is well, you know, if God says it, you know, if God says it, it should just be automatic. And uh, and if there was no devil, one hundred percent. If there was no obstruction, if there was no opposition, if there was no resistance, 100%, God would just say it and it would just automatically come to pass. That's what we see in Genesis. God said, and it was so. God said, let there be a light, and it was so. And God said, let the earth, and it was so. And God said, let the dry ground. And God said, let, and it was so. But now we see in Genesis 3, we see someone who comes attacking God's word. And so warfare is required. So 1 Timothy 1 verse 18, the Apostle Paul writes to Timothy and he says, you know, my son Timothy, he says, I want you to wage the good warfare. That's oh, 1.18. That's, I think you got 1.8 up there. There it is. This charge I commit to your son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. He didn't say, hey, the prophecies previously made, come on, man, just go and lay in a hammock, make yourself a little margarita or a Manhattan and just watch those babies come to pass. doesn't say that. It says there are prophecies that have been released over your life, but there's a battle for you to take territory. The devil is unwilling to yield territory. So God gave the children of Israel the prophetic word, I'm taking you out of Egypt and I'm leading you into the promised land. That was a word that was true. It's not that God is lying. It's not that God is hoping. It's not that God has, you know, got his, you know, fingers crossed. You know, this look, in a perfect world, what I'm believing for is to take you out of slavery and into a land flowing with milk and honey. I just, I just hope we can. It's not God. He's not knocking on wood. He doesn't have a little rabbit's foot. Come on, if he had a rabbit's foot, did it help the rabbit? No. <laughs> little three-legged rabbit running around somewhere. <laughs> so God, God releases the Word. Watch this. The Word will come to pass. The Word will come to pass. Just that generation didn't get it. The Bible says because of their unbelief and their constant whining and complaining, God says that generation, the Word that hovered over them, the Word like potential, 
that could have come to pass, they died on this side of the Jordan. It was the Joshua and Caleb generation that actually walked into the promises of God. And when they walked into the promised land, it wasn't that, and as they entered, every single giant just kind of laid down arms and said, well, God gave you this territory, didn't He? Well, we'll just find somewhere else to live. We'll find somewhere else to raise our... No, no, they had to fight. They had to go to warfare for every square inch. God gave us words. God gave us words. He gave us a word about the Salvation Army building, specific word. And then right at the last minute, they, the, they, they decided they were going to sell it to a developer instead of us. And I remember Pastor John called me and said, man, how did we fail? Did we fail? Did we, you know, man, how do we? And I said, no, whoa, whoa, whoa. I said, God released a word. Every word requires warfare. So let's do two things. Number one, let's curse the offer, the contract that it, you know, it falls apart, like a cheap Chinese suit on a rainy day that it falls apart. I said, and then let's begin to prophesy and pray that hearts turn that they repent of selling it to a developer and they give to the kingdom. And then within a couple of weeks, it all turned around. So the Word of the Lord gets released. But Paul writes to Timothy and he says, Timothy, I'm teaching you as a young pastor. I want you, according to the prophecies previously made, that you wage the good warfare. And it's good warfare because you're not fighting toward a victory. You're fighting from the fact that God has given you victory and I'm determined I'm going to possess it in my time, in my generation. Can somebody say amen? Amen. All right, we're going to pray for some people, but let me just say, say this as we're, as we're coming to, to an end. The, the prophetic operates in, in a trinity. The, the prophetic, the, the first wave of the prophetic will be God speaking a word into the world, maybe specifically for a nation. So quite often I'll be praying and God will say, what, all the things that are happening in the world, this is what I'm doing with the land that you're living in America. And then God will then begin to speak about what's happening in the state because it concerns me. And then the city that's in the state, that'll be the second wave. And then the third one is that God will speak about His church and then the individuals in it. So Leanne was talking about the book of Revelation where there are seven letters to seven churches says, to the angel of the church of Smyrna, right? To the angel of the church of Thyatira, right? To the angel of the church of Ephesus, right? So the, the word goes out to the church, but then God deals with individuals in the church. So there, 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 there are three, three realms. So God spoke to me, just looking at all the chaos and all the lies and the weaponization of the FBI and the Twitter files coming out and, and all the warfare. I mean, it makes, it's just exciting to live right now, if I was honest with you. But you know, you can get a little bit discouraged. We see rising gas prices. We see the, the Davos hypocrites all flying in there on their private jets to tell you to reduce your carbon footprint. And you know, so all of this is going on. And God spoke to me very, very clearly. And He said this, He said, America did not birth Christianity. Christianity existed long before there was an America. And Christianity started with Jesus and the 12 one Jesus and the 11, and it grew and it multiplied. He says, America didn't birth Christianity, but Christianity did birth America. Christianity did birth America. And I love America. And I was concerned about America. And, the, and God said to me, 
while the, the, the flame of Christian faith doesn't just flicker, but is firing up, America will not fail, will not fall, or will not go silently into the night uh, because it was Christianity that birthed America. And what God is doing is He's raising up a Christianity again that understands spiritual warfare. That, that, that understands engaging and binding devils and taking down principalities and powers. Amen. So come on, let's stand to our feet. Lift your hands. This is what, I'm, this is what we're going to do just real quick. Pastor Leanne's word, I believe, was a word for today, that God is balancing the scales, that false scales are an abomination. Who uses false scales? Well, crooked people, evil people. They, they, they would put weights underneath the scales. And so when you were buying, you know, dates or figs or whatever you were buying, you would put it there and it's like, oh, wow, okay. Oh, that's going to cost me a little bit more. Wow, I didn't realize that 10 figs weighed that much. Well, I guess it is two shek. And so they would put, they would put weights. They would, they would have imbalanced scales. The devil has had imbalanced scales. 2020, he, he stacked his lies and his deceptions to steal your peace. He lied to you about a virus. He lied to you about what would protect you from that virus. He said, oh, if we shut everything down, if we shut down and destroy the economy. I, don't under, I still to this day do not understand how shutting down an economy can stop a virus from spreading. But, but, but the devil used false scales. But Leanne in 2023, 2023, heard a word from the Lord that God is balancing the scales. Now that is a word that has gone out now over the nation, over the world. It is going out over the, the city of San Diego in the state of California. But I want you to, to understand that that's only two parts of the Trinity. The third part, is that it comes out over the church and it comes out over the individual. So here's how, how we're going to land this thing. If today, if today you look and the imbalancing of the scales rob from you, 2020, 2021, 2022 was loss and you're in recovery, but it feels like you're, you're scratching just to try to get back what was lost. Maybe peace of mind. Maybe you relapsed into an addiction. Maybe you relapsed into anxiety. Maybe broken relationships. Maybe financial loss. Maybe business loss. Maybe your business shut down and, and can't recover. Leanne's word today, I believe, is the word of the Lord that God false scales are an abomination to the Lord. The Lord is rebalancing the scales. If that's you, if you need your scales rebalanced, I want you to come run down the front, run down the front, run down the front. You know, God can touch you in your seat, but He transforms at the altar. And then I'm going to have my beautiful Leanne, and she's going to pray and prophesy and release a word. But I want you to come. Come to the altar. Come running down. If you need that breakthrough, if you need that miracle, if you need that balancing of the scales, the devil stole from you. Let me just tell you, the Bible says when the thief is caught, he must restore sevenfold. When the thief is caught, he must restore sevenfold. Not just restore back to you. 
you must restore sevenfold. Father, I thank you right now for sevenfold, for sevenfold, for sevenfold, for sevenfold, for sevenfold, for sevenfold, for sevenfold. Who, who can believe for sevenfold, for sevenfold, for sevenfold, sevenfold. Somebody is lost, but sevenfold is being restored to you. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Come on, we're going to sing this beautiful song. As we sing the song, come on, Leanne, let's prophesy and pray. Father, we thank you right now. We thank you right now. Father, we thank you for the Belisas. We thank you, Lord God, for Jason, Michelle, their family. Father, we thank you that they have sought first your kingdom and your righteousness. And the Lord would say, to you, then all these things will add and continue to add and continue to be added to you. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow to it. You don't need to be apologize. You're going to prosper. You're going to increase. In fact, I see three, three new contracts, three new big deals coming from out of the blue before the end of March. Before the end of March, three new contracts. You're going to say, my God, because you put first God's kingdom, God's blessing is going to overflow. God's blessing is going to overflow. Thank you, Jesus. Us, rising with faith in this hour that you are who you say you are you are not a man that you should lie father i thank you god you are coming quickly coming quickly just as you spoke in the word to the churches in revelation to put right what has been wrong to bring justice where there has been injustice father i thank you that you are wiping away every tear over this past season god you are bringing comfort to those father who have been strengthening the weary knees, lifting up the arms, Father, that hang limp. Right now, God, I declare a new season, a new season. You are balancing the scales. You are balancing the scales. Even things that looked dead, Father, you are breathing new life into them. God, I see relationships coming back together. Sons and daughters returning. If you're here today and you have a son or a daughter away from God, I want you to lift your hand up nice and high. We're in a miracle season right now. Remember, miracles just won't be desired. They will be required. Father, I thank you that every prodigal represented here today, Father, every prodigal will come to themselves, will open their eyes and see clearly what surrounds them. I was not born to sit in King's love. I was born for my father's house. God, that you are drawing back every son and daughter who was away from you. And we bind the devil in Jesus' name. We declare, get your hand up our children. We declare all our children shall be taught of the Lord and great shall be their peace. Right now there are, there are people here in business deals and it's like there's been an obstacle like a ceiling over it like you keep bumping your head and it just doesn't make sense and you've tired and you've given offerings and there's a level of injustice that's going on I really believe that God is going to turn something that you have not been able to turn in your own strength there are some things only God can turn God is rebalancing the scales if that's you lift your hand Father, I thank you right now for every person who finds themselves under a ceiling uh, that the enemy has placed through
the wicked works of wicked men. Right now, Father, we declare an open heaven. I speak to every obstacle. Father, every delay, every discouragement, every demonic force that is trying to rob from God's children what belongs to them. In Jesus' name, I break it right now and I declare a release. A release, I release. I see contracts being signed. I see money changing hands. I see a flow from heaven that man nor the devil can stop coming toward you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen, 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 amen. Just lift your hands high. Lift your hands high. Say, say these words out loud. Say, Heavenly Father, today I choose to receive your word that in my life the scales are being balanced. What the enemy stole over the last few years, you are restoring with interest. I receive it today. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.